0: last time we were in Philemon and tried to deal with the subject of restitution, being able to pay back and give back and not just allow something to be passed by by saying, look, I'll just forgive it and forget it. Paul said in the book of Philemon, I will repay it. And I take that to be literal. The Bible can be interpreted in every scripture as doctrinal, historical, historical and then practical every every verse of scripture has a doctrinal application and then every verse of Scripture has a historical application. There was a man by the name of Philemon who had a runaway servant named Onesimus. There was a man by the name of Paul. You know, that's one reason I'm glad. I, listen, you look up the places in our Bible and you can find them on a map. You look up the places in other people's religious books and you can't find them. You know why? Because our Bible is talking about a living God that was true and real, and none of it's made up. It's not a fairy tale, it's the truth. Amen. Amen. Now, that being said, I want you to pick up with me tonight in verse number 20. Verse 19, Paul says, I have, I Paul, have written with mine own hand, I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thine own self. Besides, yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord, refresh my bowels in the Lord, having confidence in thy obedience. I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. Now, I'd love to preach on that phrase there, do more than I say. Um, The idea of being a second mile Christian and doing more than your duty. There are people, and there are people right here at Tabernacle that don't just do their duty, they go beyond that. That second mile Christian was one that would carry that pack for that Roman soldier. Not just the required mile, but he would take it that second mile. If one compel you, then go with him twain. And, and God says, when you've done your duty, say I'm an unprofitable servant. So here he's saying, I know you're going to do more than I ask you to do. I know you're not just going to do the minimum, you're going to do more. Look at verse 22. But with all, prepare me also a lodging for I trust that through your prayers, I shall be given unto you. There salute the Epaphras, my fellow prisoners in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. In verse 22, I want you to note there where he says, Prepare me also a lodging. Now, it would appear in verse number five that Philemon, being a a man of means, has opened his home to the saints because he, he says that I've heard of your love toward the saints. So there must have been some people that Philemon took into his home, fed them, gave them a place to stay. And now Onesimus is coming back. And Onesimus is coming back as a runaway servant that's been born again and whose life has been changed. And I think it'd just be good to say it. Aren't you glad that Jesus is in the life changing business? The life changing business. And Paul tells Philemon, I want you to receive him as a son, receive him as myself. And then he adds, verse 22, but withal, prepare me also a lodging. So Onesimus is going to come back to a place of lodging. The saints have had a place to lodge. And now Paul is saying, I want you to prepare me also a lodging. I want you to make a place ready for me to be able to stay. And I, I think that's exactly what the Bible means. I'm not going to try to find any great spiritual truth that we can find application. I, I think that it, it it needs to be taken at face value. Prepare me also a lodging. When you get somebody uh, a place to stay, if somebody is going to come visit with you, it takes work to make certain things in order. Usually things get cleaned in a way to make things ready for them. Sheets are changed on beds. Linens are changed. Um, The the towels and things for the bathroom are freshened up. And there's something that's tried to, you know, somehow we want to try to accommodate whoever's going to stay with us. And, and, And what's going on here is Paul is telling Philemon, I want you to prepare me a lodging. I want you to get ready for me to come stay where you are. Now, I think that would have been a privilege. How many of you think it would have been a blessing if Paul got to stay in your house? Right. And he says, I I want you to prepare me a lodging. And the word that I think that comes to mind when I say that is the word hospitality. How many of you think that the South is known for hospitality? Hospitality. Somebody comes to see you and, and you say, can I get you a glass of iced tea? sweet and iced tea. You know, can I get you something to drink? And, and we invite them into our home. And, and what we say in the South is that we're trying to show Southern hospitality. And when you look at the word hospitality in the Bible, I want you to put a mark there in your Bible in Philemon, but hospitality is receiving someone and taking and showing kindness and, and expending resources without any kind of payment or remuneration. You don't expect anything back. You're just being kind to them. You're being hospitable to them. That word only occurs four times in the Bible. I want you to look at it, if you would. Get the first two. Grab Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4. Would you do that? 1 Peter 4 Romans chapter 12. Hospitality. I believe that what we're seeing an example of in the book of Philemon is something that I think should be practiced by the church. First Peter chapter four, Romans chapter 12. First Peter chapter four, Romans chapter 12. In first Peter chapter four, the Bible speaks about in verse number eight about the word Charity. All right, charity is giving in God's stead or on his behalf. God gets the credit, but you give to someone. It's not just giving. And so the Bible says in verse 8, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. In other words, that is something written to the New Testament believer, Use hospitality one to another. That the church should practice hospitality one to another, opening up our uh, resources, being kind, uh, showing kindness and giving comfort, food, transportation, meeting somebody's needs. All right, that's in 1 Peter 4. Look at it in Romans chapter 12, our book of doctrine, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, the Bible says in verse number 13, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, given to, in other words, that is something that I'm, I'm inclined already toward. I'm given to hospitality. Hospitality is not something that I need to be taught about or instructed in. It's something that I'm just, it's part, it's my nature. It's, it's something that I do. I'm given to hospitality. Now, again, that is written to the church at Rome. All right, that's you and I. You and I should be given to hospitality one to another. It's something that we should practice one to another. And when it says one to another, I don't think it's something we should practice only to the people that are in our circle of friends. I think you ought to be hospitable to every believer at Tabernacle Baptist Church. I think you ought to practice that. If that means inviting them over to your house, for, and I said it this morning, I don't know why I'm back on again tonight, for sardines, crackers, mustard, and ice, sweetened iced tea, then, then invite them over. You don't have to go out and spend $150 at a meal. You can just bring them to your house and, and feed them Spam. <laughs> hey. Feed them ice cream. Drink a cup of coffee. Find out somebody that has a need and try to meet that need. Instead of saying, well, let's let the church do that. The church should vote on that. We have a a committee for that, so we're going to find out what the need is. No, the Bible says you and I use hospitality, use our resources to help someone else as they try to live for Jesus Christ. I think we ought to practice that among one another. I don't think that ought to be a strange thing. I think it ought to be something that we do. Now, I'm going to go a step further since y'all are being so attentive First Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1, God expects you to practice hospitality one to another. I'll I, I go a little farther while you're turning. First Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1, God expects us to be kind one to another. That's an expectation. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, be ye kind one to another. You're supposed to be kind to one another. We're supposed to be kind to each other. Kindness is something we're supposed to practice. Charity is something we're supposed to practice. Brotherly kindness is something we're supposed to practice. All right, but now, look what the Bible says. 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1. Look at Titus chapter 1, verse number 8. Now, this is speaking about a bishop in verse number 7. We've already covered this not too long ago. A bishop, all right? that's a that's a, a pastor a ruling elder, a bishop must be blameless. And then look at verse 8, a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men. That means that pastor should be given to hospitality. Opening up what resources we have to someone else. Being kind to someone else. You know one of my favorite things to do is to really be good to missionaries when they come through the church and try to find out something they need and meet that need. You know if somebody's a missionary and they're trying to serve the Lord and they've traveled hundreds and thousands of miles I think it is a blessing to be good to them. The Bible says if you give a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus Christ that you'll not lose your reward and I think we ought to be good to people that are on the front lines of serving the Lord. They've given up their homes many of them are riding in vehicles that are that are probably not the best and some worn out and have to come into a church service and smile and keep their children in order. I think we ought to be good to those people. You put a little money in their hand, I think you're doing good. You take them out to eat, you're doing well and meet their needs. But then look, look what the Bible says about the pastor. He's supposed to be given to that verse eight. But look at 1 Timothy chapter three. Look at 1 Timothy chapter three. Look at verse number two. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, Sober, of good behavior, given the hospitality. You know, there are things in that list that some people would pick out and say, Well, I tell you what I am. I'm the husband of one wife. Well good. I'm sober, I don't drink. Well good. But you also, as a preacher, you ought to be given the hospitality. That's right. That is not something that I'm making up. That is something that's in the Bible that I, as a pastor, ought to be given to hospitality, trying to take my resources and trying to be good to you, trying to take the church's resources and being good to missionaries. That is something God says is a good thing and something that we ought to practice, and not just because we're in the South, but because we've been born again. That's right. You know, I really would not want to be part of a church that's exclusive. Did, Did you hear where Brother Elwood went to college? He went to Bob Jones. Well, what are we doing giving a degree to Bob Jones University grad? This is Tabernacle Baptist College because we're not exclusive. You don't have to go to our college to be recognized in our church as somebody of value. Right. You don't have to be in the no crowd. In fact, I'm telling you right now, if I heard that going on at Tabernacle, I would address somebody about that. If I heard that somebody was creating this little sinner crowd that has the power and the control and, and, and has the influence, I, I don't want anything to do with that. Listen, we're all sinners saved by the grace of God. I don't care if you've been here for 50 years or 5 days, if you've been born again and you're part of Tabernacle, we are not exclusive. We are inclusive. And that goes along with what color the skin is too. They're from India, or if they're from Africa. We got people in Ghana right now, or Ivory Coast, and we got people in Mexico. I'm t- listen. We're not going to be exclusive when it comes to what color of skin is on an individual. We're going to be inclusive with that. And if somebody's got a problem with that, they're going to have a problem in heaven because they're not going to segregate up there either. We're not going to be exclusive not going to do that. That's not what we want to be. We want to be inclusive and we want to be given the hospitality. Now, I used to be so strong on it and, and, I, and I felt bad about it. Um, somebody said that the first time they ever heard the Civil War called the War of Northern Aggression was when they were listening to me preach. And you have to understand, there was a time my relatives, you know, they they, they fought on the side of the South and And we had some that fought on the other side. And, and, um, but I did a lot of reading about that. And there was probably a time that I probably, um, I I would have been very strong in that regard. But you know what I've learned? I've learned that that was something that took place in 1861 through 1865. And that if you're born again, even if you're from New York, you're still as much my brother as somebody that was born in Alabama. Now, that may bother some of us now, but it shouldn't be that way. We are not exclusive. This is not just a church for Southerners. Yeah, that's right. Now, we think Southerners have the best taste. Right. I think grits are better. I think biscuits are better than bagels. Right. I think sweet iced tea is better than hot unsweetened tea. Right, I believe that I'm I'm just saying. But that doesn't mean that we're exclusive. You can you can still enjoy those tastes, just we're just not gonna put you on top of the banqueting committee. Amen. (laughs) All I'm just trying to say is that we're not we're not exclusive in that regard. Do you know we have people that are part of our church that used to be members of other denominations? They've been born again, scripturally baptized. You know what? You were raised again. You may have been raised, we have some people here that were raised Roman Catholic and are born again. You know what they are? They're our brothers. They're our our family. So hospitality is something that we use toward one another to meet a need. Somebody has, we have people that do that constantly here. They do it in in the shape of maybe a vehicle. I was reminded of a family in Alabama. We had a particularly little difficult time of it. They came to us and they said hey we would like you to go to the smoky mountains and use our timeshare and just get away it's something that we have and we would just want you to go up and use it you know what they were doing they were showing hospitality you find out that somebody needs a car then you let them use a vehicle you, you find out that somebody needs a place to stay hey listen come and stay with us find out that somebody's sick or that they've been in the hospital I didn't see the Whitlock's this morning, but the Whitlock's after their, after bringing uh, their child in this world, I asked them, hey, could we bring a few casseroles to you? And they said, sure. And I asked them, if they were, how'd that go? They said, oh, they were good. That's just showing hospitality. That's something that the Bible says is going on between brethren in a church, but that a pastor should be given to. He should be given to hospitality. I want to be that kind of pastor. I, in fact, I, I'd say this, I, I don't want to be exclusive, neither do I want to be condescending. Now, if preaching the Bible, if it cuts the wrong way, we're going to keep preaching the Bible exactly the way it's written. But I think that we ought not to be condescending, and I think we ought to be given to hospitality and kindness. I think that's something that the Lord was. Now, I'm saying all that to say this, that is what's going on in Philemon. Go back and look at it again. Now, think about it for a minute. Somebody would say, well, how how bold it is for you to ask somebody to get a room ready for you. But that's exactly what Paul does. He tells Philemon, he says, listen, I I know you have prepared chambers for for the saints and I know that that Onesimus is coming back and you're going to do something for him. Verse 22, but prepare me also a lodging. I, I want you to go ahead and I want you to make something for me as well. The bedding, the food, the water. I want you to do something to, to, to make it to where I can come and be where you are. And, and, and I think that is a biblical principle. Uh, I believe that baptism is biblical. Come on, how many of you believe that baptism is biblical? So is hospitality. So is hospitality. You know, there are churches that have the reputation that they love people. And they have all kinds of needs that they meet and they have social groups and all of that. And and listen, I think sometimes as Baptists, maybe we think, well, that's just not biblical, but it is biblical to be kind and charitable and have hospitality one to another. Now, that doesn't mean that you're always on the the receiving end. Right. To be on the giving end sometimes. Let me show you how biblical that principle is. Now, I want you to read it again one more time, verse 22. But with all, prepare me also a lodging. That is something he is requesting. All right. Let's look at that principle now a few other places in the Bible so we can just kind of settle in on the truth that we have resources we can use. Go with me, if you would, to Genesis 18. All right. We're going to turn to about seven places and uh, in about 10 minutes and we'll be finished. All right. Genesis 18. All right, this is a principle that I think is in the Bible, and because we're in Philemon, and the statement is, prepare me a lodging also. I know you do it for other people. Do it for me as well. Genesis chapter 18. By the way, how many of you have ever had the blessing of staying with somebody in their home that was so kind to you that when you left you were so grateful that you got to stay there? Anybody like that? How many of you ever had the, the, the displeasure of staying somewhere and you thought, I will never make that mistake again? We don't want to be like that. Genesis 18. Genesis 18. Look look at the hospitality here. Verse 1, the Lord appeared unto him, that's Abraham, in the plains of Mamre. Verse 2, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, bowed himself toward the ground, and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water I pray you be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that, ye shall pass on. Here's what he said. I'm going to take and I'm going to expend my energy to be kind to you. Now, the Lord is there with two angels. I believe that's probably where we get in Hebrews 13, entertaining angels unawares. He looked and he said he saw, look at it again. The Bible says he looked and he saw three men, verse number two. But two of those men were angels. And the Bible says that he's going and he's saying, let me get a little water, let me get a little milk, let me make a cake, let me, let me take a kid. Let, you guys you guys enjoy yourself. He's trying to be hospitable. I think we ought to do that to every guest that comes into Tabernacle Baptist Church. Amen. Listen, if you want a full time ministry, every time a guest comes in, make certain that you do everything you can to be a help to them. Come on, how, how many of you know that we have no restrooms in this auditorium? We need them. But if you're a guest, you don't know that. We know where the nursery is. You know, we know where the facilities are, and we can point people that way, and, and, and we know where the Sunday school classes. I just try to be hospitable try to help them. And he said, I'm going to use these things that I have, the food, the resources, I'm going to be good to you. Look at it again in Second Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4. So Genesis 18, Abraham uses hospitality. He uses hospitality. And he does that to the Lord. Can I say this to you while you're turning? You know, in Matthew 25, it says that when you've been good unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've also been good unto me. Did you know that? that when you're good to the least of the Lord's brethren in Matthew 25, speaking of the Jews, that you've also been good to him. He says, you've done it unto me as well. Look what it says there, 2 Kings chapter 4. This is this great passage in 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha is on his way by house on a regular basis and the Bible says in verse 8, midway down the verse, and so it was that off as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. So this woman, this woman has bread for him. She sees him walking by, and she says, that's a holy man of God. Probably knew it because of his conversation. Probably knew it because of what he was wearing. Probably knew it because of what he was carrying and reading. And she says, this is a holy man of God, and she made him bread. But then look what she does. She goes a little farther. Look at verse number 10. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set him for, for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn into. The... She built him a little room, a little apartment, put a bed there, put a table there, a candlestick. She's trying to be good to him. She says, this is a man of God. Maybe he can take a rest right here. You say, what did she get out of that? I don't think she did it to get anything out of it. Do you know what God gave her? God gave her a son. Amen. Right. God blessed her for that. Now, she just took that on her own accord. Uh, my dad, my dad, we did not go out to eat very often. And um, we did go out on Sundays sometimes with a pastor of our church and other people, but, but there were times that we would go out to eat and the purpose that we went out to eat was so that my dad would pay for the meal of the visiting preacher. And that's what he would do. We would go out to eat somewhere and he'd pay for the meal for the visiting preacher. You know, and I, I, you know, I, I know this, when I was a boy, how many of you thought chop steak was really important stuff to eat? Anybody ever been like that? We'd go out and we'd eat, we'd eat a place and I'd order chop steak and then I'd order Sprite with a little cherry syrup in it. Well, I thought I was just, we are really eating well until I tasted ribeye. But he didn't do that for recognition. He did it because he had a good job at IBM and the pastor knew it and so he just took them out. Do you know we have people here that come through from time to time and I've asked people in the church, would you mind taking them out today? I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. And here in 2 Kings 4, this woman says, I'm going to feed him a little bread, and, and I'm going to let's build him a little room and, and that's that's hospitality. Look at it again in Acts chapter 16. Acts 16. Again, we're just looking at the idea of hospitality. What do you have that you can use? You have a vehicle, you have a home. Can you cook? Men, how many of your, how many of your wives and daughters can cook? You say amen. Amen. Boy, you, how many of you can cook, how many of your wives and daughters can cook really well? Can you say amen? Amen. There you go. That'll help you later on. Somebody knows how to cook. Somebody that's got a vacation place, and I'm not saying give it to me. I'm talking, use it for somebody. Say, hey, listen, I know you guys have been going through a difficult time. How about you take a day off up here? Yeah, but that costs money, taking $200 out of your pocket and giving it to somebody and say, hey, listen, why don't you go down here and stay the night? How about bringing your children over here? We'll just, we'll take care of them for the evening. That's hospitality. Hospitality. Acts chapter 16. Boy, we're doing a lot of shouting tonight, aren't we? Woo, glory to God for hospitality. Woo. It's in the Bible. You don't always need to come to church to shout. Sometimes you need to come to church, get some instruction, and put it into practice. Get to heaven, we may do some shouting about it then. Amen. 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 Acts sixteen, verse number fourteen. A certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple. Here's a businesswoman. Of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which are spoken to Paul. This is the Macedonian vision. Come help us. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Hadn't been saved very long. She said, I want you to come to my house and stay. She constrained them. Have you ever been to somebody's house to eat a meal and they constrained you? You say, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. I have sat down at a table and I've made this error a few times. And I've said, ma'am, that was really, really good. And she said, oh, well, I'm glad you liked it. Boom. Preacher, can I go ahead and give you another helping of that? No, ma'am, two, two is good. No, well, here, no, here, let, let just a little bit. Yeah. How about a piece of pie, ma'am? I, I can't. It's, it's homemade. I, I thought th- it's, it's my mother's recipe. All right. Put some whipped cream on it. Let's go ahead and eat it. Yeah. Constrained. That's what Lydia's doing to them. You need to come to my house. Now, can't you hear some some pious brother somewhere saying he had had no business going to that lady's house? You know the church ended up meeting in her house? She's using what she had. She's a businesswoman. She probably had a large enough house where she could put them in all kinds of rooms. She's showing hospitality. Look at it again. Chapter 16, the Philippian jailer. He probably doesn't have much at all. He's keeping a jail, but when he gets born again, verse 31, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Boy, I'm glad it's simple. All you've got to do to believe is be saved. Verse 33, he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized he and all his straight way. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God. Lydia probably had the ability to put something fine on the table. I doubt this Philippian jailer did. I've been to some places where there wasn't a whole lot there in the house to have, and I can still remember. I remember vividly. My granddaddy, I preached a meeting in Scottsboro, Alabama. There was a man there by the name of Robert. Robert was not very wealthy and not very educated at all, and he, he caught me outside the meeting one night, and he gave me some money, and I said, No, sir, I can't take that. And my, my granddaddy found out about that. And he said, son, don't you ever rob somebody of a blessing that's trying to give to you. That's right. Amen. It's not your responsibility to judge what they have or don't have. You just let them do what God's put in their heart. And I, and I still have a roll. I have a, I have a roll of pennies, 50 cents. It's got Robert's name on it that I keep in my desk that I've had all these years from somebody that just wanted to say, I want to give something. Do you know if you go to somebody's house that has fine china and a nice table and they put some nice food in front of you, we ought to be grateful for that. But if you go to somebody's house that puts out some paper plates and puts out just some mashed potatoes or whatever they have, I think you ought to be thankful for that as well. I don't think there ought to be a respecting of persons. Accept that as hospitality and be appreciative of it. Well, that's exactly what this Philippian jailer is doing. Look, and not only did he bring him to his house and set meat before him, but he got happy about it. Aren't you glad you can rejoice at home just like you do at church? Right. Hospitality. This man hadn't been saved but just a few moments. Some people have been saved for 30 years, and they're not going to bring anybody to their home And that's wrong. We ought to open up what we have and we ought to be kind and use the kindness to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Look at it again, chapter 21. Chapter 21, Paul so often traveling from one place to another and I know the word got out as he, as he went on later in his ministry and the Bible says here in verse number, well, we'll start in verse number fifteen, and after those days we took up our carriages, what they carried stuff around, and went up to Jerusalem. There went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea, and brought with them one Nassan of Cyprus, an old disciple, with whom we should lodge. And when we were come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. So the disciples and Paul go to Nassan's house, an old disciple in lodge with him. I, in my mind, if he's an old disciple, how many of you think he probably had old furniture? It just goes to reason. He had old furniture, maybe an old house. But, but how many of you think probably that an older man like Nassan probably had some good stories to tell? Can you imagine that night? Oh, go ahead and tell us. We, we had so many people stop in our home uh, when I lived in the parsonage in Alabama, and they would come through and they would stay with us. And, and there were people that are in heaven now, one of them, Mike Saunders. Mike Saunders would come, and he would play his guitar. And uh, my, my children, they loved that. I, I, I think they even used some, some from phrases to call that guitar by certain names. And they, he would sing songs about, I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. He'd play that and he'd start with the head and he'd go, or from the toes and it would start going, working his way up. They'd sit and listen to him and then we would have other people in. Earl Hughes, he's in heaven. These men would stay in our home and they would, they would talk about the ministry sometimes. And sometimes their wives would talk about things. I had one man in and he told me, he said, Joel, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in America is Yellowstone. You ought to take your family there. I think we've been there at least twice, maybe three times now. I think everybody should go. It's a beautiful place. Well, I heard that from somebody that was in my home and said, let me tell you about that. This, this gentleman, this older man, Nassim, he says he's going to have them into his house. They're going to lodge there. So he says, I'm an older fellow. I just want you to come stay with me. And I imagine they, they learned a lot there. I think they probably talked about, look look at Romans chapter 16, Romans chapter 16. I point out Nassim because he's older and we don't know what his resources are. We don't know what the jailer's resources are. We just know they're being hospitable. Romans chapter 16, this is a very interesting verse to me in thinking about hospitality. When you go into a restaurant or you go to a hotel, they will have a host to meet you. That host's responsibility is to find you a place to sit or to tell you what's going to happen in the the near future. If you're staying at the hotel, they'll give you different instructions. Look what the Bible says about a man by the name of Gaius, Romans 16. Look at verse number 23. Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church saluted you. So here's a man by the name of Gaius, and you know what he's known for? Hospitality. He's known as Paul's host, He's known as the guy that when you come to town, he's going to say, you come see me. You Don't, don't worry about a motel. You come and stay at my house. And the Bible goes on to say, look at, look at the rest of that verse again, Gaius, mine host, and of the what? How many of you, does that, does that sound like to you that Gaius let everybody stay at his house? Amen. Not just Paul. Gaius were traveling through, and he said, Okay stop in. We'll have a room for you. We'll leave the light on for you. Amen. That's hospitality. Look at it one more time and we'll finish. First Timothy chapter five. I said 10 minutes and I've just been reminded I'm done. First Timothy chapter five. Now the Bible, the Bible I mentioned the other night gives reasons that being part of the church is important. And one of the things about being part of the church is what we practice here at Tabernacle. We have up on the hill at the end of Markle Street, we have a widow's apartment. Now, we don't have the same uh, requirements that we find in First Timothy 5, but in First Timothy 5, if a woman was a widow, look what the Bible says in verse number 9, let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man. So this woman had to be Older than 60 years of age. She had to be the wife of one man. The Bible goes on to say, Well reported of for good works if she have brought up children, if she have lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she have relieved the afflicted, if she have diligently followed every good work. You could use a majority of that work for hospitality, lodging strangers. Washing the saints feet, relieving the afflicted, diligently following every good work, in other words this this widow, if she 's old enough and if she 's been the wife of one man, and the Bible says that she has been well reported up for these good works, then she was taken into the number, they would care for her, they would meet her needs. well, part of meeting her needs, she had to be someone that was given to hospitality, and you know what that teaches me. She's given the hospitality, so now the church is going to take care of her needs. You know what that sounds like to me? You reap what you sow. That as you give, so shall it be given unto you. Every now and then you'll hear somebody, I hear somebody in the church talking about how somebody did something for them or uh, somebody sent them out for a, a treat or something like that. And in my mind, usually what I think is, well, somebody must have, they must have been good to somebody. Now, I don't think we ought to be good to people so that we can keep up a list and say, well, when is it coming back my way, Lord? It's kind of like trying to put $100 into faith promise offering plate and expecting a 1000 It doesn't work that way. You just give because it's the right thing to do. But hospitality is something given. Well, here, to these widows, it's returned. It's returned. And what I'm saying tonight is what we've looked at in the Bible is that hospitality, using what we have. And, and, and look, we've seen older people. You can be younger. i am tell you, listen, I, we need to work on this as a church. As children, you need to learn how to be kind and good to people that aren't like you. When somebody comes into our church and they have children, you know what you ought to do? You ought to be kind to them. You ought not to be exclusive. You ought to be inclusive. It would help if a parent amen me there a little bit. Because we're not, we're not an exclusive clique. When people come to our church, we're glad that they're here. God sent them for a reason. That's the same thing true when adults come. When adults come and they sit close to you, you know what I, think, I think you ought to reach out to them and say, hey, it's so good to have you here today. Where are you from? Well, I'm from New York. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you go back soon. No, that's not the way we work. That's not what we do. What we do is we try to find out, well, what can we do for them? And then, and then what we do is we find out who has a need and we try to reach that need. Listen, I'm, I, I'm, I'm confident the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Then neither should we be. Well, I'm going to hang out with the people in my young adult class. Well, that's good. But minister to people that aren't in the young adult class step outside of that now you know typically what happens when I'm preaching right now I can I can feel it I I know it we had a family on this side of the church in Alabama we had I think we had three rows three sections and they sat about right over here about where brother Vaughn is and we would have a long shake hands chorus not a chorus song, and we would shake hands. And when my grandfather was part of my church, um, he he extended that. He 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 kept shaking hands after everybody else had already sat down, <laughs> and just talking. But we inevitably, and, and we would encourage people. We want to be a friendly church. Get out and shake hands, and and you know, and, I, and people always say, "Well, I just don't have a good personality." You don't have to have a good personality to do this. Yes, sir. You don't even have to say hi. Amen. So it happened one day. I stopped in this man's business, and he said, church isn't very friendly. I said, what do you mean? He said, nobody shakes our hand. I said, what do you mean nobody shakes your hand? He said, nobody comes by and shakes our hand. I said, so when we say everybody get out of the pews and go shake hands with other people, what do you do? He said, we stand there, and nobody shakes our hand. So you know what I told him? What you're already thinking, go shake somebody's hand. It was like that I said something that was cursing. No, they need to come to me. That's the wrong attitude. Well, I'm cool and they need to come to me. No, if you're that cool, go show how nice you are to somebody else. Say, hey, it's good to have you here today. You know, he got mad at me because I told him he needed to go shake somebody's hand. I imagine he started saying, we got an unfriendly preacher too. (laughs) Mean old people, mean old preacher. You know what? That's because what he was doing was, it's just all my direction. Well, nobody's ever given me a gift card. How many have you given? Nobody ever invites us out to eat. How many people have you invited out to eat? Nobody ever comes and hugs my neck during the service. How many people do you go and hug their neck? Nope, it's just me and my two friends, and we're happy. We don't care if anybody else is here or not. Well, shame on you. I hope God gives you a galaxy on the far ends of space somewhere. That's not the way. God didn't make us that way. Hospitality is something that we ought to practice. Kindness is something we ought to practice. That's in the Bible. I'm not just preaching to you my opinion tonight. Genesis 18, 2 Kings chapter 4, Acts 16, Acts 21, Romans 16, 1 Timothy chapter 5, Philemon. These are places that say the same thing. Brotherly kindness, charity, hospitality. So Here's what I'd like in the service. Who are you going to invite out to eat tonight? You going to invite anybody out tonight? You going to invite anybody to your home? Come on, I, let me ask you a question. How many of you think I preach the Bible tonight? Amen. Are you going to put it into practice at all? Amen. Yes. Who are you going to go meet for coffee tonight? i to, tell you what, we'll make it easy. Who are you going to put a little money in somebody's Hand and say, "Okay, God bless you. Have a great night." I don't want to come eat with you. <laughs> hey, we you know you have kids here. Find a babysitter. <laughs> you gonna put it in practice? Amen. If not tonight, this week. Hospitality. Amen all right let's stand to our feet thank you <clears throat> Lord we appreciate the opportunity to look in the Bible I pray you'd help me to be a pastor given to hospitality help me Lord not to preach about a principle in the Bible and then not be given to it Lord and I pray God that you'd help our people to be given to kindness to each other hospitality meeting one another's needs and that there would be brotherly kindness that is not just here occasionally and not just here sometimes, but Lord, that it's something that we're, that we're known for just like we're known about missions and just like we're known when it comes to the preaching of the King James Bible. Lord, help us to be a people also known that have a heart for one another, that there's a love between the brethren here that Satan has a hard time stepping in between. I pray you'd help us to have that, Lord. Help us to be involved in giving what we can to meet the needs of other people. And, Lord, we thank you again. Thank you tonight, Lord, for Brother Hurst and his faithfulness all these many years. Lord, for Mrs. Doris and what she endured on the mission field, Lord, and then what they are living through now, Lord, his family here tonight. God, I pray you'd bless them. And, Lord, one day when we get to heaven, oh, I know the reward is going to so far outweigh the heaviness and the weights and the difficulties down here. We pray, God, that you'd just, you'd bless them tonight. Thank you again for our good people. Pray you'd help all of our people in Ivory Coast and in Mexico tonight, around the world, in South Korea and in and Africa, all over the world, Lord. We pray you'd multiply their needs. Meet them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. <clears throat>